0: Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast, beautiful humans. If a professional, polished,
1: well-edited podcast is what you're after, then move right on. If, however, you love unfiltered banter, unedited bloopers, authentic heart-sharing and a very generous dash of holistic health education, then you're in the right place.
0: Hey, pals, welcome back to the Holistic Health Podcast. Amy,
1: good afternoon. <laughs> was like, where we at? Where we at? Where, what planet are we on? Yes, hello, beautiful. Nice to see you.
0: <laughs> uh, another topic close to our hearts today mm. and a popular one. I know that we've had a few conversations about skin, a few conversations about the pill, and um, we've had – A few questions that prompted popping this episode together. So I think uh, let's dive in and maybe can you just shed a little light on, um, I guess, how the pill does work for uh, acne for some people?
1: Mm. So when we're looking at what's underlying acne issues, we know one of the big drivers is elevated androgens and sometimes these come from the adrenal so we've got like you know for example adrenal PCOS but oftentimes it is from elevated ovarian manufacture of androgens and when we say androgens like there's a number of them but the most well-known one is testosterone And, and most of us would sort of say oh that's a male hormone but you know we do produce some testosterone. We need some to be healthy. Um, but when we have either – we're either producing too much or we have elevated androgens in the skin, we see that changing our skin in a way that a, a male skin would respond. So the skin becomes thicker. We also see an increase in sebum production, and sebum is that oily sort of waxy lipid um secretion that our skin makes. Now, again, that's really important for skin health, but when we are producing too much, it alters the microbiome of the skin and so can contribute to skin that gets congested more easily, pores that get clogged more easily, changes in the types of bacteria that proliferate on our skin and, you know, that the, it's more of a terrain versus germ thing here, but all the same, that sort of perfect storm starts to lead to inflammation and infection in the skin, blocked pores, and then, you know, pustules, comedones, um, papules, just all the things that we bloody hate to see when we look at the mirror, mm-hmm. breakouts. Um, and so... Just so you know, this was me um, at, as a teenager and as soon as I was 16, I roared off to the doctor to get, you know, an oral contraceptive pill that was known for clearing the skin Um to get rid of it immediately. And you know, at 16, I obviously didn't understand how to treat the root causes. It's not something that allopathic medicine offers. And it wasn't until I started studying naturopathy at 19 that I was like, oh no, this isn't doing anything. And in fact, it's creating more problems. And when I come off it, if I haven't addressed these things, my issues are just going to come back. And so just by way of background, the oral contraceptive pill um, was first approved by the FD- FDA in the US in the 60s. Um, and they then sort of developed them further. They're sort of fourth generation um, contraceptive pills now that are used that are much better for treating acne, but they all help in similar ways. So, I might run through just quickly some of the ways that they actually work if indeed you found the pill worked for you. Now, if you've listened to any of our other episodes on skin, you'll know there are multiple variables that can drive a shift from healthy, beautiful, radiant, clear skin to congested, angry, inflamed, and infected skin. And We're all about identifying those things and treating them. But in the case of the pill, basically shuts down ovulation. So it inhibits gonadotropin-releasing hormone, which comes from one part of the brain to tell the pituitary to produce FSH and LH. You might recognize recognize those hormones from hormone tests you've had. And FSH or follicle-stimulating hormone stimulates the egg to develop um, in the ovary, obviously then is usually followed by ovulation and a menstrual cycle. The thing is, during the process of a a menstrual cycle, we're also seeing hormones like estrogen being produced from the ovaries and also androgens. And for whatever reason or reasons, if you are making more androgens than your body and your skin would ideally like, by shutting down ovulation, you also shut down testosterone or androgen production from the ovaries. So, that's one way um, that it can help. Um, there are sort of a few other ways that they can help. So, for example, um, this can – pills, there are certain – particularly the anti-androgenic type pills uh, can also increase sex hormone binding glo- globulin or SHBG, and we often see in PCOS low SHBG. Um, the way I like to explain that to clients is sex hormone binding globulin. It's literally a protein that binds excess sex hormones, so estrogen or testosterone. It's almost like the cleanup crew. And if there's you know a bit too much floating around in the blood, it will put it away in a bag, um, rendering it unavailable. And so if that drops, you start to get more and more free hormones racing around in the blood. The other thing um, that these anti-androgenic pills um, have in common is they reduce an enzyme called 5-alpha reductase. Now, this is probably something that people are more familiar with in terms of prostate stuff. So, this enzyme can convert testosterone into DHT, which is like a, almost like a really strong testosterone. We can see high DHT activity in um, women with acne, often due to low zinc, which is another story for another day. Um, but also um, can sometimes they can even sometimes block the androgen receptor. So they can be really effective for some people. They were certainly very effective for me. And 16-year-old me was so grateful. Um, and also realized that. It wasn't treating any of the root causes. And and I found this, and I'm sure, Nat, you're exactly the same. You know, we both um, see women who are looking to come off the pill and looking to get pregnant, and then all of a sudden the issues that they had 10 years ago when they started the pill just are bubbling back up. Um, The last thing I'll say about the pill, and this is another interesting angle of like how it can help, is that combined oral contraceptive pills, so not the progestin-only ones but the ones with estrogen also, increase retinal binding protein in the liver. Now, we've talked about this in other skin episodes because that protein is responsible for delivering vitamin A around the body and that can sort of help in people who roaccutane really helps or synthetic vitamin A. Um, And, of course, as a I guess a tertiary effect, I would say, um, by improving vitamin A distribution around the body, it improves vitamin D response and vitamin D is important for skin health for a number of reasons but the vitamin D receptor relies on vitamin A to work and then when you have good vitamin D activity your skin makes its own antimicrobial peptides to kill off bad bacteria so there's so many little threads that you can follow with healing skin and I suppose as practitioners for Nat and I if we know Roaccutane worked for you or the pill worked for you it gives us such good clues as to what you actually need treating and really narrows that down. Um but as you know we're all about getting to the root cause and that is really why I feel like you know unless you're using the pill for other reasons and there is no better alternative um we would prefer to help you get to the root cause. Now, we absolutely recognize that sometimes the season you're in the pill might be just the easiest, less stressful option. Um, And Nat, we did an episode on how to support yourself there. So maybe I'll get you to tell our friends what episode that was, but also about your guide to getting off the pill.
0: Yes, thank you. So um, the episode where we chatted about – Uh, how to support yourself if you are choosing to be on the pill or have a hormonal IUD is episode 64 um, and it's literally called how to stay healthy while on the pill or hormonal IUD. So if you're someone Mm. who you feel like at this moment in time being on the pill or having a hormonal IUD is the right thing for you, then there are certainly things that you can still do to support yourself during that process, which arguably um, will make coming off the pill in the future easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part to that is if you're someone who is considering coming off the pill in the near or somewhat near future, then I do have a guide um which is called a guide to coming off the pill or um which is available on my website and it's basically uh, a lot of the foundations that I share with my one-to-one clients around how to um, eat, move, supplement when you are coming off the pill, um, mm. to the best of my ability, based on you know clinical experience and the evidence. So it's a really beautiful thing to get your hands on if you aren't in a position to work with a practitioner one-to-one, or you're just not ready to take that step. Then um, it's a really affordable. In between. Mm. Uh, And I'd also shout out your Clear Skin Secrets um, ebook as well here, because between all of those things, you're sitting on an absolute arsenal of Mm. information that can support you if, yeah, if you're just not in a position where working with someone one to one is what you want to do or what you can afford to do. So Mm. all those links will be in the show notes or just find them on either of our websites. Um, what shall we what shall we talk about next
1: well I think so in clear skin secrets I do go through a lot of the root causes of acne but when it comes to the types of root causes that assist that that are often I guess benefited at least you know topically or surfacely if you like from the pill there are sort of a couple here that maybe Nat you can share you know those major drivers that we see that would be be impacted positively by the pill and the skin and therefore other things that we would ideally want to treat to clear your skin so you didn't have to be on the pill.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I'd say the most common ones would be chronic stress. Mm. Remembering that stress is perception in terms of how you perceive stress is a big player so it's not that you have to be having the absolute worst time of anyone you know if you're feeling internally stressed about something um, or your body your physical body is under a lot of stress then right. that certainly can contribute because it basically like is is allowing those adrenal androgens to increase which adds to the overall load um as in the overall androgen load which is contributing to acne in the first place and then when you're taking the pill an antiandrogenic pill you're you're suppressing that Mm-hmm. The other thing would be um, that I guess another mechanism to be aware of is that just on the on the threat of stress is that it does actually elevate um, a hormone called ACTH, which mm-hmm. um, can also have a, a similar outcome uh, in terms of those androgens. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, having uh, high insulin or uh, issues with blood sugar is another driver there because, again, it is ending in that end result of having you have higher androgens, which mm. is going to contribute to um, to acne. Mm. The other thing that's actually really common is that if you have deficiencies in in vitamin D and vitamin A beyond the mechanism that you already shared, what that can do is it can actually um, affect uh, an enzyme called aromatase, which is is an enzyme that converts testosterone, which is a type of androgen, to Mm. estrogen. And we want to we don't necessarily want um, that enzyme to be working too slowly or too quickly mm-hmm. um, because we want to balance between testosterone and estrogen. But when you are deficient in things like vitamin A and vitamin D, mm-hmm. it it means that you're starting to not have um, – not have enough of that aromatase uh, activity which mm. is not a good thing for your skin the mm. other thing that will drive that is inflammation so um inflammation I know we share and we talk about all of the time and inflammation can come from so many different things stress included um whether that's emotional physical um, environmental it can come from having gut infections or overgrowth it can come from so many different avenues mm. um, and I think that you know they're probably the the key ones. The only other one that I guess I would add to that is because I've just got a couple of clients on my radar at the moment in my mind as we're sharing this episode is that you definitely can be someone who has more of a. Genetic type of PCOS where you are someone who doesn't necessarily produce very much sex hormone binding globulin, which Amy was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say you can't do anything about it, but it means that you have to be a little bit more diligent and on top of uh, managing your estrogen and androgens um, mm-hmm. when you don't necessarily have the same responsiveness, um, you know, that your sex hormone binding globulin should have. And the way, like I loved your analogy of the sex hormone binding globulin, mine is um, a taxi, like a taxi that carries mm. the hormones around the body. And if the taxi's too... Um, like, if there's lots of passengers out on the street, that's the mm-hmm. hormones all out on the street wreaking havoc, whereas when they're in the taxi, they're just, you know, going along the highways, they're not causing too much trouble. <laughs> um, so, whatever whatever lands and resonates with you, but that mm-hmm. certainly covers the large majority of it. Mm-hmm. Um
1: and then I guess moving on to- um well, I might talk about side effects maybe. Yes, please yeah. do. Actually, one last thing I will say is about, you know, does chocolate cause acne? <laughs> and look, and I know in terms of diet, it's not going to be the same for everyone, but we do know there's a um, a really big connection with dairy and it's- growth factors and hormones. So, you know, dairy is breast milk from another animal. It does contain growth hormone, insulin-like growth factors, um, and things that can shift IGF1 up, which then can increase luteinizing hormone and um affect, you know, affect hormones generally. So, I unfortunately do fall into the camp where dairy protein Does break me out, but because there are so many variables, when you start to address all of them, you will find your body becomes more resilient and more tolerant. So, you know, to give you an example, if this is you and dairy breaks you out, um, as a as a teenager, if I ate like a tiny cube of cheese, I would have a cyst that size on my face within like four to six hours. It was just diabolical. Um, and now that my gut health is so much better, because PS gut health is impacted by chronic stress. So you actually can't sort of not treat that either. But treating cu- treating gut health, addressing my nervous system, you know, improving my nutrient status, I had a number of deficiencies. The pill depleted a number of things. I can now get away with eating, you know, having some a cheese platter now and then without breaking out. Now, does that mean I'm Gobbling goat's cheese every day. No, um, if I have a, a special- gal can dream, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe in my next life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and I wouldn't maybe have a cheese platter, you know, a few days before a special event just in case. But I do get to enjoy Greek yogurt and cheese and, you know, um, a bit of cream in my coffee if I'm having coffee or a bit of milk in my tea without suffering. So, Um, just because some of these things might be an issue for you now, once you've done some fundamental healing, they might not necessarily be going forward. But I guess all of that to say, you know, um, I was really grateful for the impact having clear skin, Mm -hmm. the impact clear skin had on my confidence as a young woman. And I would never want to take that away from anyone, but it didn't deal with any of the root causes, and it definitely created other secondary issues. And so, as clinicians, we would rather actually get go further upstream and deal with what's happening further up. And we've talked about that. But the other reason, in addition to that, that we don't particularly love this approach to acne is because of the additional risks that come with using the contraceptive pill. Um, And, you know, cardiovascular risks are a big one. So having, you know, blood clots causing um, strokes, venous thrombosis, heart attacks, Um, definitely the, the Contraceptive pills that have higher doses of estrogen or ethanol estradiol are definitely um, the more risky ones. Some progestins have also been implicated. Um, heart attack risks are also increased in the combined oral contraceptive users. It's definitely amplified by cigarette smoking, diabetes, high blood pressure. So you'll see if you've ever read the insert for your medication, which I hope everybody would do at this point in time, you will see that the risks are amplified by the pill. Um, That being said, the World Health Organization report that If you have normal blood pressure, you're healthy, you're not diabetic, and you don't smoke, the risk for heart attack is no greater than someone not on the pill. So, you know, the relative risk is important here. Um, Having said that, the combined oral contraceptive pills also associated with an increased risk of breast cancer in some women. I suppose the thing that makes me feel a bit better is once someone's been off the pill for 10 years, their risk actually returns to the same as someone who's never taken the oral contraceptive pill. Um, The risk is higher the younger someone goes on the contraceptive pill as well. Um, And so I guess for that reason too, I want to make a particular point to parents who might have teenage girls um, with acne. Um, This is a, a major thing. The younger they go on the pill, the higher their risk. They also have, um, The use of the contraceptive pill in younger adolescents also has adverse effects on their bone mass. So, peak bone mass development occurs during adolescence and young adulthood. And if they're put on contraceptive pills, this actually interrupts the natural um, densifying and ossification of the bone mass. So, um, they're not supposed to be used in girls under 14, Um, they shouldn't be used in girls within the first two years of having a period. And quite frankly, I don't think they should be used in teenagers at all, um, unless there are some other really important reasons why the contraceptive pill could be the best choice. Um, and, and perhaps the last part of that is, is of course, the increase in risk of cervical cancer in contraceptive pill users. Now, Nat's going to talk about what the pill does to us on a nutritional level in a second, but just thinking specifically about the cervix, where the epithelial tissue from the vagina actually meets the cervix and the external cells of the cervix, where they meet the internal cells of the cervix, it's the squamocolumnar junction or the SCJ. And because it's an area that can be exposed to bacteria through sex um quite significantly and it's an internal organ the cell turnover at that junction is really high so the um the sloughing off of cells and the development of new cells is incredibly rapid so any small reduction in zinc vitamin C folate B12 can start to cause cell changes And then when you look at what the pill does to our nutrient status, you can actually start to see some of the reasons why the increased risk of cervical cancer is there. So, Nat, I might hand it over to you to um, deliver the devastating news. (laughs) In, if
0: in case there's anyone still listening at this point, I'm happy to <laughs> I'm happy to round out the conversation with some more Debbie Downer news. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. The pill does deplete nutrients. So ones that you said, so B9, also vitamin B2, B6, B twelve, vitamin C and vitamin E, and also some minerals. So specifically magnesium, selenium, and zinc. Mm. Um, and that's a lot. Like those are all Um, vitamins and minerals that have fingers in about 10 billion different pies in your body. If we're talking about the activation of different um, neurotransmitters or brain chemicals or uh, turning on or off detoxification processes, Mm. there's There's all of those uh, nutrients are basically the equivalent of eggs in baking. Things just don't work as well without them, if at all. Mm. And so it's actually really important that if you are taking the pill, that you have your absolute finger on the pulse with ensuring that these levels are like above adequate through diet and or supplementation, doing testing to ensure that they aren't, um, you know, dipping too low because some of these deficiencies, like as an example, B12, if you become B12 deficient, actual true genuine B12 deficiency, the side effects of that can be irreversible. And so, It. it, I mean, in my opinion, I feel when someone goes on the pill, this conversation should just be standard, Mm. so that they are at the very least um, made aware and/or supplemented with or provided a handout on B twelve rich foods, um, so that they aren't don't end up in this situation. Um, And yeah, I, I think it's it's not something that is just. You know, woo woo or not evidence based. There's legit evidence on this, and there's an even even a World Health Organization uh, report that is explicitly stating some of these uh, depletions that can happen while on the pill. So, mm-hmm. I refer back to the guide to coming off the pill, and also mm-hmm. the podcast episode that we did. Um, number 64 on how to support yourself if you are taking the pill and also Amy's Clear Skin Secrets um, ebook as well because all of these resources are incredibly helpful, beneficial, necessary and as always we don't care what you do, we just care that your choices are informed and supported because I think that's the way that we make the best decisions we can and also have the most peace with our own decisions rather than, you know, getting 10 years down the track and being like, oh, shit, if only someone told me, if only I knew. So mm. here we are telling you where to find that information and, yeah, I really hope that it helps or it lands and please share it with anyone that you feel could benefit because this, mm. although you might be listening to this and being like, oh, yeah, like I knew most of this or um, mm. I, you, you know, you have some knowledge around it. There are so many women out there that Mm. don't. And it's not, it's, you know, even the steps you can take around some of this stuff is not rocket science. And so if we can get that information in the hands of more women, Mm. I think that's only a incredibly positive thing.
1: Mm, Oh, I love that. And I really wish, you know, I'd known these things as a teenager or, you know, my doctor had told my mum and and thankfully, you know, I learned them really early on. But having seen women, you know, on the pill for eight to 15 years, it's incredibly rude shock for them because without exception so far in my experience, they were led to believe that the pill fixed the problems and they really weren't educated on how the pill worked to, to disappear the symptoms and also the overall challenges that they, they created. So yeah, really glad that we can obviously shed some light on this for you. And as always, we love doing this kind of work. So if you do have any questions for us about hormones, health, skin, medications, or anything at all, um, little friendly reminder, you can talk to us and ask us your questions. We have a link in the show notes for Speak Pipe. You get to leave us a little voice memo. We get to hear your beautiful voice and we can take your questions and incorporate them into an episode or inspire an episode um, down the line and hopefully answer all of your burning questions in the process.
0: Mm, beautiful. We will see you all next week, friends.
1: Bye for now. You've been listening to the Holistic Health Podcast with Amy and Nat. If you loved this episode,
0: then make sure you share it on Instagram and give us a tag. If you'd like to help us spread the Holistic
1: Health message far and wide, then we would also so appreciate it if you left a rating and review. This helps us more than you know. And don't forget to come and say hi over on
0: Instagram. See you next week.